Good morning, church, and welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church here in Altamont, Illinois. It is wonderful to be together for worship today on this, the fourth Sunday of Advent. We are so glad that you are joining us this morning. If you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, if you would just hit a like or comment to let us know that you're with us, we'd really appreciate that. But no matter where we are, no matter how we're watching, we have gathered together in spirit to worship God, to give thanks, and to continue to prepare our hearts as we prepare to welcome the Christ child during this Advent season. We want to welcome back Olivia Clausius as our pianist. She is back from college, and we are so glad to have her to enrich further our worship experience. I am wearing my Christmas sweater because today would have been Christmas sweater Sunday if we were worshiping together here. But what I invite you to do is get on a Christmas sweater, take a picture of you in your finest, and send it to me so that we can share our, our festivities together as a church. And I will be using those photos uh, for Christmas Eve. So I hope that you will share them with me and with us. So now we come, hopefully we've been preparing our hearts, so now I'm going to light our candles as we begin our worship time together. Will you join with me in our readings for our lighting of our Advent wreath? I will be reading the parts that are in the light print, and you will be reading the parts that are in the yellow. We live on the brink every day. We stand on the threshold between this world and the next one. We live and move between the ordinary and divine, between the mundane and the mystery. Too often, we forget to look up and see the angels in our living room. We forget that the love we give and live is a sign of eternity, God with us right now. We forget that company is coming. Luke tells us that God's favor came to a girl, an ordinary girl. It might have been you or your daughter. It might have been the girl down the street or your grandchild. But the messenger of God came and greeted her and said, The Lord is with you. What a gift and promise. Emmanuel, God with us. We light these candles with peace in our hearts for the promise of proximity, the nearness of God. Even when we forget to listen, to lean into that presence, God is as close as our own breath. This, in a confused and confusing world, is a peace that passes all understanding. It is the peace that knows that company is coming. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
Let us pray. God, we come and God, we gather to be with you, to be present with you in the midst of this confusing world. Lord, we are seeking your peace, especially in this time. So Lord, may this worship service be a time of peace, of understanding, of seeing your light in our lives and in the world. Bless us now as we continue our worship. Amen. Our opening hymn is Angels from the Realms of Glory. It's number 222 in the United Methodist Hymnal. I invite you to sing along at home. From the realms of glory, wing your flight o'er all the earth. He who sang creation's story now proclaim Messiah's birth. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ, the newborn King. Field abiding, watching o'er your flocks by night. God with us is now residing, yonder shines the infant light. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Contemplations, brighter visions, beam afar. Seek the great desire of nations, ye have seen his natal star. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Saints be for the altar bending, watching long in hope and fear. Suddenly the Lord descending in his temple shall appear. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. I invite the children to gather around their tablets or their um, TVs or whatever it is that they are watching on as we are going to have some children's time. I'm going to move us back over to our um, nativity scene here. And today I want to talk about this guy over here. So this is our shepherd. Now, we only have one, but that's okay. Um, He's actually looking pretty realistic, except he probably wouldn't have had blonde hair because blonde-haired people just didn't live around where Jesus grew up. Um, but you can see that he's got on his um, cape or his cloak, and this would have kept, he would have worn this to keep him warm at night when he was out in the fields watching his sheep. And again, you see one of his sheep, he's carrying it, caring for it, 
And so he came. Now, now the, the, the donkey and the cow, they don't belong to him. The donkey looks like might have come with Joseph. And the cow was probably in the stable where they're all gathered together. But let's talk a little bit about this shepherd and uh, his shepherd friends. So they were out doing their job. And their job was to protect the sheep at night while they were out in the fields. Now, the fields in Israel don't look anything like the fields here. The fields in Israel are hilly and they're pretty rocky. They don't have nearly as much grass or green as what we have here. So that meant that when the sheep were out to graze to find food, they had to be in a really big area so that there was enough food for all of them. And because it was such a big area, that meant that they were far from what home was, and they stayed out in the fields overnight. And so that's why we had shepherds. The shepherds were there to make sure that the sheep didn't wander too far. And then also, if some kind of nighttime predator, like a, a wolf or somebody, or even someone came to steal a sheep, the shepherd was there to protect. So... The shepherds were out in their field the night that Jesus was born. And then all of a sudden, an angel appeared to them and really took them by surprise. I mean, who would expect an angel to show up in the middle of a field? And the angel told them, don't be afraid. I have got great news for you, fantastic news. Tonight in Bethlehem, a Savior was born. And you're going to find him wrapped in bands of cloth, swaddling clothes, some of us know it as, and laying in a manger. And a manger is where the animals would eat from. And then a whole bunch more angels showed up, and they started singing praise to God. So when the angels left, the shepherds had a choice. They could have stayed in their field and do what they were supposed to do, which was watch their sheep. Or they could go see for themselves this wonder that the angels had talked about. Pretty much they had a choice. Life as it was, or a new life with a Savior. And they chose the Savior. And they went, and they found Mary and Joseph, and they found Jesus. And they praised God. And I am sure that they were changed by that experience because they found God among us, God in the world with us. But again, as we found with Joseph and we found with Mary, oh, that's not Mary, that's a king, there's Mary, that they all had choices of whether to follow what God was telling them or not. But they did, and because of that, great, great things. And God asks all of us to follow him, to lean on Jesus and to believe in him, and especially during this time of year, we remember what a great, great God that we have and how much we have in following and knowing Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the faith of the shepherds who were willing to, to leave behind something pretty important to follow and find something even more important, to find their Savior, to find the Messiah. Lord, help us to be willing to put aside the things in our lives so that we can follow you and your call and help us always, always, always to know how much you love us 
because you gave us your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Now we're going to have some special music for you. Um, Kenny Shoemaker and Brenda Gieselman will be playing Do You Hear What I Hear? And I pray, I pray, I pray that the video works right because we've tried really, really hard. So here it is. Thank you, Kenny and Brenda, and we'll be posting that on Facebook. Hopefully, it'll come out great there. Um, so do you hear what I hear? We now move into the time of our worship service where we give thanks and praise to God through our gifts, our offerings, and our tithes. And again, I thank you so much for the way that you have continued to support our ministries by mailing in your um, offerings. And so you can continue to do that by mailing them to First United Methodist Church at 308 North 2nd Street here in Altamont, uh, 62411. 
Um, and so in thanksgiving and praise for all that God has given us and for a blessing upon that in which we give back, we are going to sing our offering response, What Can I Give Him? As we enter now into our time of prayer, we want to remember all those who are on our prayer list. We want to um, be sure to add the family of Joan Fitzwilliam who passed away this week. We want to continue to remember all those who are living in our nursing homes and our skilled care areas and our retirement homes um, who have not been able to get out and see family and friends. Uh, we want to continue to pray for all the healthcare workers um, and first responders. And of course, we want to pray, pray, pray that this vaccine that is out is one that is successful and safe so that we can begin to truly get on the other side of this pandemic. I invite you now into a few moments of personal prayer time. Maybe there are things that you and God need to talk about. So I give you this time and this space to have that conversation. So I invite you now to pray. O oh God who is with us, God who saves us, God who is the light in the world, Lord, we come to you this day giving you thanks and giving you praise because, Lord, there is so much to thank you for. Even in the darkness that seems to surround us, Lord, you are indeed a light and you have provided us with so much. And we thank you for those gifts. For some of us, it's the gift of family. It might be a warm home, a good job. It might be uh, the food upon our tables, even the technology to be able to watch this worship service. Lord, there is really so much to be thankful for. And Lord, too, there are so many things, so many people that are in need of our prayers. Because just as we might be comfortable or safe, fed, employed. 
We know that there are others who are struggling with all of that and more. So God, we pray that you will provide, that you will provide a way. And Lord, we pray too for those who are sick, who are battling COVID, but or who are also battling things like, like cancer, Lord, or, or depression, God, anxiety, a myriad of things. Lord, we pray your healing hand to be upon them, that they might know your comfort, your peace, and your healing. God, we do pray that this COVID vaccine is successful, that more of it becomes available here and around the world so that we might be able to live in the way that really you created us to live, which is together. And God, we pray and give thanks for all those who have worked to create these vaccines and to distribute them, Lord, and then to actually like administer them, God. But there's so much more, Lord, too. There are places of darkness around the world that need, need you. Places that need peace. Places that need justice. Places that need joy. And God, then there are our needs. Because we come to you with so much upon our hearts, but we come to you as imperfect people. We come to you, God, as sinners who've made mistakes. And Lord, we, we ask forgiveness, God. Lord, forgive us for our sins, for the things that we've done that we shouldn't have done and for the things that we should have done, but we didn't. God, we pray all of this and so, so much more. Lord, you know the prayers that are in our hearts before we can even say them. But now we join our voices together, Lord, and we pray together with one heart and one spirit and we pray to you saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So today is Advent week four, and this is the week which we are finishing our sermon series called Incarnation, the Light of the World. Again, I want to thank Adam Hamilton. He doesn't know me from Adam. <laughs> um, but I thank him so much for preaching last week. Um, and uh, so today we are going to finish up um, our sermon series. We have been talking about basically why we need Jesus in the world and the different names that we have had for Jesus. Um, and so this week, the, the theme really is about light, which I love. We have Christmas lights all over our house. 
And Todd and I have made a real effort to get out several times during the week and just drive around and look at Christmas lights, you know, and, and point to which ones we like. And yeah, we can be a little picky about what we like and what we don't like. Um, but um, even last night, we took some of the kids and we went to uh, the uh, lights in Effingham. And did you know that there were so many people there that the line like, was like down Temple Street um, or Avenue or whatever that's called? Is it Avenue or Street? Street, okay. Well, anyway, like we had to wait 20 minutes to even get in to see the lights. Um, and, uh, but we had a great time driving around. We went to one neighborhood uh, where we drove by and we had the windows down and we were pointing at things. And all of a sudden we discovered that Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus were sitting in the yard saying ho, ho, ho and waving at us and really actually kind of frightened us a little bit. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's great to see the lights. It brings us joy to have it be dark outside, but to see all of these other lights. And, and so what last night in particular, but I've thought about this before, we're like, why do we even have Christmas lights? Why do we have Christmas lights? Where did that come from? So of course I Googled it, because that's what I do. And um, so basically Christmas lights, like we have on trees like here, are pretty much thanks to Thomas Edison. See, back in the 1880s, he was, you know, starting up this thing called electricity and light bulbs and things like that. And one of his associates who worked with him, who was named um, Edward Johnson, decided one of the ways that they could promote the light bulb was to put light bulbs on Christmas trees. Now, people had already put candles on Christmas trees, but we all know that isn't exactly the safest way. So... Um, so he put together a strand of lights. Now, in some sources, I saw that it was a strand of eight lights. In other sources, I saw it was a strand of 80 lights. But whatever the case, he put these lights on a Christmas tree, and he invited the press over to come and see it. The colors were red, white, and blue. That's okay. He didn't get the memo that blue is for, uh, you know, 4th of July and green is for Christmas. But that's all right. And so um, he created this strand of lights, invited the media to come. But a lot of the media didn't come because, well, Edison was trying to promote electricity all the time. Uh, but, but this one writer from Detroit came and said what a spectacle it was and how beautiful it was. And so people started coming to this townhouse where it was. And I think it was Edison's townhouse, but I'm not really sure. But they came to see the Christmas tree with the lights on. And so as bulbs got more and more affordable because a strand of lights like what they first produced would have cost like $350 in modern days, okay? But as lights became less expensive and as electricity became uh, more accessible, uh, this whole trend grew. And by the early 1900s, lights were being outside and cities across America had lit Christmas displays, like I said, the whole reason there are lights on trees to start with is because, well, we used to put candles on trees. The Christmas tree itself came somewhere from somewhere in northern Europe. Some people said it was from Germany. Other people said it might have been from Latvia or Estonia. Um, but wherever the, the idea of the Christmas tree, the first Christmas tree, came from, it was this tree that was put up in the darkest part of the year, and then lights, candles, were put on it to light it up. 
And as Christians, we've come to understand that we put lights on the tree to remind us of the light of Jesus. This is a time of year when we celebrate Jesus's birthday. Now, I have to be honest with you. Do we actually know if December 25th is exactly Jesus's birthday? No, we don't. Romans and even Jews in that day didn't keep track of birth records like we do today. And it is true that through the pagan era, there were a lot of celebrations of the winter solstice, the longest night, knowing that the next day, days would become longer and that there would be more light. So it actually makes sense to me for us to celebrate Christmas, to celebrate Christ, the light of the world, during the darkest time of the year. Because it is when we are in our darkest times, in our darkest places, that we need Jesus' light the most. The gospel writer John describes it this way in his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. One of my favorite lines in scripture. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Now, John in his gospel doesn't have a narrative of of Mary giving birth to a child. He doesn't have a, a long family history about Jesus. But what he does is has this, what we call the prologue, the beginning. And this is where he introduces us to Jesus as the light in the world. And this is a theme that we find, again, throughout Scripture and in the book of John. In fact, in the book of John, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Now, you know what it's like when it's dark and you put on one, one, one candle, one flashlight, or one light on in the house. Suddenly, you can see everything. In our house, that becomes very important because our dog, Lacey, is black and our couch is navy blue. And I have to turn on a light to be able to see where she is on the couch because I literally cannot see her. She just blends right in. And in the darkness of life, in the darkness of our lives, sometimes, sometimes everything just blurs together and we can't see the beauty that's before us. And we need the light. And that's who Jesus is for us. We've already talked about how Jesus is the anointed one, how Jesus is our Savior, how Jesus is our Messiah, how Jesus literally means God saves. But Jesus is also the light in the world. He is the one who helps us see through our sin, through our mistakes, to see the beauty of all that God has created in the world and in us. Jesus the one is the one who helps point us back with his light to the path that God has for us. Jesus illuminates us. I can go on with these like light images forever because they all all apply. 
But I think, especially in this time of, of pandemic, in this time of darkness, you know, I know for a lot of us, the fall is a very difficult time because as it gets darker all the time, we can get depressed. I, I have to be very, I can suffer from seasonal depression and, and I have to be very, very thoughtful about that. And in this pandemic time, I know for many of us, it's been even worse. So that's why it's in a perfect, perfect time for us to remember that there is a light for us. And it's not just the light at the end of the tunnel that we keep talking about now that we have a COVID vaccine. But Jesus' light is always there. It is the light in the tunnel that takes us through the ups and downs of life. It is the light that leads us in God's direction and away from sin. And in these dark times, it's the light that is there to say, you are loved. You are important. And yes, you mess up. You are not perfect. But you are a beloved child of God. And if you follow the light, you too are forgiven. This is the light that calls us, leads us, and shows us the way. Jesus can be our light. Is Jesus your light? Do you look to him to lead you and to guide you? You know, if you are in darkness right now, if you've been having a really hard time, I just want you to know that Jesus' light is there for you. Look to him. Turn on your lights to remind you of God's light and God's love through Jesus Christ. I want to close with this prayer that Adam Hamilton wrote in his book, Incarnation, and, and he uses at the end of, of this section. So let us pray together. And maybe this will be your prayer. So say these words for yourself. Jesus, I trust in you. Be my light. Fill me with your light. Grant me your hope. Help me to walk in your light, to share your light, to live your light, to give your light. Use me, I pray, to push back the darkness. In your holy name we pray. Amen. One of the ways that the darkness has tried to overcome us as a church, as Christians, is, is to take away many of the traditions that we usually share together as a community. And so I don't want you to see that as, as darkness, but I want you to see that, that God provides other ways. And so normally at this time, we would be having our march to the manger where the children in our church would be dressed up as the different parts of a nativity. And, and then we would invite you all to come forward to make a special offering to um, a benevolence of our choice. So this year what we are doing is we're inviting you to mail in a separate donation that will go to the United Methodist Committee on Relief. 
This is the organization that provides um, aid to those places where there is disaster around the world. And 100% of our UMCOR donations goes to those who are in need. All the administrative costs are already paid for by our apportionments. And so this is the organization that helps where there are hurricanes, where there are earthquakes, where there is famine. And so instead of having our children all here dressed up, what we have for you now is a little video of our children telling us the Christmas story. Some of the kids are telling us and some of them are listening. Um, so I invite you now to watch this, the Christmas story. So now let us sing our closing hymn, Away in a Manger, number 217 in our, um, well, in our hymnal.
for joining us this morning. Uh, know that we will be celebrating Christmas Eve worship on YouTube and Facebook at 7 p.m. on Thursday night, so please do join us for that. If you have a Christmas sweater picture that you want to share with us, please send that to us as well. I pray that you have a blessed week, that you have a week that is full 